0: This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on
1: www.kpulpit.co.za.
2: Into Me See A place where we learn about deep connection
0: with yourself, those close to you,
2: and with with God. God.
0: In our program Into Me See, we deal with reality, restoration, and redemption in the face of addiction. We uncover intimacy as seeing into me and the role it plays in healthy relationships.
2: Yeah, Thank you for joining us wherever you are. In this program, we explore what intimacy means and how to work towards it. And by the way, sex is only a part of intimacy.
0: There's so much more about that.
2: Oh, that's what we've been learning over the last 38 years of marriages and the challenges we faced in it. I am Frederick Wools.
0: Fortunately, just one marriage, Frederick, and I am Suki (laughs) Woolz. Both of us are licensed counsellors and we're looking forward to embark with you on a journey towards greater intimacy. We'll continue to explore what intimacy means and look at the crucial role that it plays in the development of healthy, authentic and lasting relationships.
2: Especially in these times when there are multiple distractions, such as our phones and social media, that all rob us of intimate relationships with God, other human beings, and with ourselves. So in this month, we'll be looking at intimacy through the lens of integrity. We kicked off earlier this month uh, with Clive, who helped us to introduce this topic.
0: Last week, we listened to Frederick, who discussed addictive patterns and the role the lack of integrity plays in addiction. He helped us to get greater insight in the perspective of the addict who's often completely unaware of his integrity issues. Today, I'm going to look at integrity and how the lack of that affects the partner of an addict. I'll be talking from the perspective of an addict's partner and will share about betrayal trauma, the challenges of addict's partners, and then also the journey that we need to embark on to assist us towards our own healing and restoration. And Frederick will ask the questions for today.
2: Mm. Yeah, we'd like to draw your attention to the fact that we are often used to pronouns such as he for the addict and she for the partner, as that is what we encounter most often. There are, in fact, also situations where the addict is a woman and the partner is a man. Um, So it's hard to... And confusion to use basically both male and female pronouns. So for the sake of clarity, we'll use he for the addict and she for the partner. However, we completely acknowledge that it can be also be the other way around, that the lady is the addict and the man is the partner. <clears throat> Suki... You have a lot of contact with partners of addicts, specifically partners of porn or sex addicts. How do they initially find out about their partner's addiction?
0: Oh, dear. Um, I wish I could tell you that their partners would tell them they have a problem. But most often that's not the case. Um, in the situation with an addict, there's often a lot of secrecy mm. and unfortunately, most ladies that I work with often discover that their husband has got a problem mm. and the problem with that discovery is that they, the partners often deny that they have a problem, mm. with the addict. Uh, so the addict often gives an excuse and promise that it will never happen and that it was once off. And of course, if a person is not addicted, it might be that it would never happen. But if that partner would see again and again or suspect that that this is happening, it might be that that person is in relationship, that partner is in relationship with an, a porn or a sex addict. Mm. And unfortunately, even if the addict of the person would acknowledge or admit that there's a problem, they the addict would only admit about ten percent of hmm. the real issue.
2: Yes, so, I know about that.
0: Yeah, so Definitely. it's very important for ladies um, or for people who discover to know that whatever the partner, the addict said might just be a very small portion of the real problem, hmm. and to, because often. You know, Frederick, we really want to believe what, what that person is saying, our loved one is saying. And it's so hard. I mean, we want to trust. And obviously, if we're in a relationship, there is, there is already trust. Mm. So we want to believe that it's not true. Sure. But that's why I'm saying to you and to the listeners that we need to also think with our minds. And we need to watch behavior. Mm. Because what the person says needs to match with their behavior and if, if there's a, discre- a discrepancy between those two you can often know that it's probably not true what that person is telling you
2: it sounds like uh, our theme for the month integrity exactly. it seems to me that there's a disconnect between their behavior and what they actually are saying and that is often seen by the partner and makes them suspicious so it must be quite a big shock for a person, uh, for a lady or for a man, to find out that their partners have an addiction. Um, so what should a partner of an addict do to protect himself or herself who find out that their husband or boyfriend have a problem?
0: Yes, um, it is very, very hard um, when a person hears that there's so much unbelief disbelief that this could really be true shock that's Mm. the word Mm. it's a big big shock when a person hears about that so and it's such a complex problem often we we do not when we when we realize that there is a problem we definitely don't understand the full extent of the problem Mm. which is maybe a bit of mercy because if we did i think we would have run away so it often unfolds over time So what partners need to do is to learn to take care of themselves Mm. because um, often the tendency of a partner, of an addict, is to take care of the addict, not themselves. And so this is part of a whole lot of things that we need to learn about self-care. We need to care for ourselves physically. Intellectually, we need to equip ourselves with knowledge and we need to, to start getting resources and understand more about um, uh, pornography and and what a possible sex addiction would look like. Mm. We need to protect ourselves emotionally because we often feel so overwhelmed and, and people often intellectually can't even think clearly. Mm. They just go into a brain fog and um, spiritually cannot understand because often the partner is a Christian mm. and cannot understand that a, past, a person who loves Jesus so much and goes to church and goes to Bible study can do that. Mm. So it's a huge break in trust in the relationship. And uh, it's indeed a complex problem. So I would really recommend partners who suspect anything like this to go for help, Mm. Um, to try and find someone, a counselor or a person that knows about porn and sex addiction and uh, to go and and get help. Because this this situation cannot be dealt with on their own. Mm. Um, And they need to be in a group where other people understand this problem mm. uh, w- otherwise people will get very strange responses from from people who don't really understand the problem and they will give them advice that are not very that's not very helpful at mm. all mm. they will also need to learn how to have loving boundaries mm. but mm. all of these things will come with time the mm. first thing is they need to try and get help mm. because help will unlock resources it will um, unlock community of people that can walk with them. Because like I said, this is a long journey that they enter into and it will be very hard if they try and do it on their own.
2: Yeah, so it seems to me that uh, the partner of a sex addict needs to take care of themselves. Exactly. And it's their responsibility to take care of themselves. And I've had situations where the sex addict... um, is so concerned about their partner that they try to take care of their partner instead of looking at their own issues and taking care of their own issues and problems. So how is a relationship affected when a partner realizes that they are in a relationship with a porn addict?
0: Yes, Frederick, what you say is really true. Um, Of course, it depends if... um a person is in a long-term relationship, whether they're married mm-hmm. or whether they're um, maybe just dating. So we're going to um, spend a whole program to talk about singles and this problem. Mm-hmm. So for now, I'm just going to talk about people in long-term relationships. Um, I would seriously, if, if just to say in short, if they are dating, I would seriously warn them not to commit into a long-term relationship. If the person, um, uh, the addict, doesn't admit that there's a problem and is willing to go for help, mm. uh, if they're already married, it indeed affects the relationship in multiple ways. The first thing, it's so isolating because there's a lot of shame. It's mm. such an intimate problem. Yeah, it's not easy to tell other people um, that um, a, a person's husband is is looking at pornography. Mm. And uh, so it's isolating. Often, when I when I speak to ladies uh, who have been dealing with this problem, they've they've been sitting with this for years before they go for mm. help, mm. and before they've told anyone about it. Um, so it's it's hard when they share, because even if they share with just a friend, responses can be hard to handle, and it can be embarrassing, and it can be complex, because. For example, many ladies that would go to a pastor, a well-meaning pastor, that don't understand the depth of a, of an addiction, especially a sexual addiction, would just say, but forgive your husband. And, and they would say, and of course you need to forgive, but it's a whole process. And they would say, um, maybe you need to, to be a bit more sexy and, and dress in a way, you know, that your husband wouldn't look at other people. So can mm. you imagine how hard that is for a lady who's already struggling If she gets that kind of of comments Mm. and we understand why the person says that. But that's why we say it's so important for a person to go to someone that knows how to deal with this. And also friends, well-meaning friends will say, but he's a good man. He's a Christian. He loves Jesus. He goes to Bible study. He prays. How Mm. can you say these things about him? Mm. You know, so it just it it brings so much confusion to that partner. And uh, yeah. That's why there's such a big problem with isolation. Then they just start keeping quiet and, mm. because people don't understand and it's a, it's a big conflict in the reality they deal with and what other people tell them what they need to do in a time when they really need help yep. and support.
2: Yeah, so it seems to me when we look at it from a Christian perspective um, the partner just must keep on forgiving and forgiving and forgiving, but if the addict is not willing to admit that they have a problem and not willing to go for help, what is there to do in that area? And how does that affect their relationship?
0: Good. We'll get to this question right now, Frederick. Um, let's quickly have a short break and we will be back.
2: Uh, so, Suki, we were just touching on the question of forgiveness and a partner that just keeps on forgiving. What do you have to say about that?
0: Yes. The sad thing is that the partner in the first place or the addict often denies that there's a problem. And then if if he admits that there's a problem, that's good. And then the partner forgives. But unfortunately, if the addict is not going for help to deal with this problem, it's not going to stop. Mm. So it's going to be a repetitive um, betrayal against uh, against his wife or his partner. And that makes forgiveness really, really hard, you know. Um, I think, I'm just thinking about a little child that says, I'm I'm sorry, but you know they're not really sorry. Mm. And that just complicates the whole thing. And it also um, erodes trust. Mm. And trust is so easily broken. And it can take a long time to be rebuilt. Mm. So it's important to say that rebuilding trust is the responsibility that that is the addict's responsibility? It's not the partner's responsibility. So often the partner, um, the addict wants the partner to forgive, <laughs> but it the partner the partner needs to forgive eventually. But the the addict needs to take up the responsibility to show that he is trustworthy mm. and that he can be that forgiveness. Not you, you know. I found often. Um, In the early stages of your addiction, you were very quick to say you're sorry, but then tomorrow you do the same. Mm -hmm. And I think that Mm -hmm. is the dilemma for partners. So the partner struggle is that trust is often demanded while the addict still betrays. Mm. And that causes a lot of confusion and uncertainty. Partners often live with huge amounts of uncertainty as the reality they experience is often questioned or denied. Mm. That leads to a lot of anxiety and that causes betrayal trauma
2: betrayal trauma i can expect that this is a very very shocking for a partner but what is betrayal trauma
0: you see it's a long-term process like we explained it's a very good question that you're asking because that's exactly what we have been describing that happens when a person is betrayed over and over and over again and the betrayal is denied by the guilty party mm. unfortunately Addicts lie, and mm-hmm. that's why we, we said that the, the theme for this month is on integrity. And addicts don't even realize that they lie because they compartmentalize. It's almost like they, they exclude that part from their conscious mind, mm. like this cannot be true. So, But this damages the most fundamental aspects of the relationship with your partner, mm. the safety, the security, and the bond you have. A person cannot experience betrayal if there's a deep sense of security and trust. The problem is that a person cannot heal from betrayal trauma if the insecurity continues. Mm, 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 mm. Unfortunately, it takes years, even 3 to 5 years for an addict to be to get to complete restoration. Mm, so that mm. means in that time the addict will slip again. Mm. And often they are so f- afraid to admit that they slipped because they're scared to say and what what will the wife say now if they said again. But because of that, the person will continue to live in fear because maybe she will ask the addict, Are you looking at porn again? And I remember when I asked you that question, I was so afraid to ask mm. because you would say no <laughs> you know mm-hmm. I I would fear the answer and then I would I would still not be sure if, if you would were, were looking at porn or not. Yeah. So this is really a complicated thing. And healing can only happen when there's a sense of safety in the relationship. And I think that describes exactly what betrayal trauma is, because Mm. it's this repeated um, uh, situation of being lied to and not being sure what the reality is.
2: So how would somebody know that they are busy experiencing betrayal trauma? What are the symptoms?
0: Well, there are different stages of betrayal betrayal, and it's, 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 it's you can compare that with the stages of grief. Mm-hmm. There's often a combination of denial, shock, anger, and sadness before there's a sense of acceptance. Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. really realize, okay, and that often only happens because, I mean, if a person uses porn repeatedly, you still don't know whether that person is an addict. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend to people... To, um, to get their partner to do a test. You oh, can yes. find tests on the internet uh, for mm-hmm. porn addiction, especially on Christian websites, and we will list that at the end of the program if you want to look that up, to make sure, because that's what I did with you, remember? Mm-hmm. And I said, won't you do this test? Because then we know if this is a problem or not. Mm. And I remember that you tested very low on the threshold of you just, well, you said you have an addiction, but mm. an addiction is still an addiction. Absolutely. And uh, but but that helps to bring a a sense of acceptance and to know But this is a problem, it's going to be an ongoing problem. We need to deal with it. It's not going to go away. The the addict needs to go for help, but the partner also needs to get help because as I've been explaining here, it's it's so hard on this person and this person cannot do this alone. The beauty of this is that it can be very helpful for spiritual growth and sanctification and Mm. character building. Mm. So it's so important for us as partners to look at ourselves. It's very easy for us to say, I'm just going to look at the addict. He's the problem. And Mm. that's often what ladies do. Mm. Hey, He's the one with the problem. He needs to clear it up. But in that process, we Mm. lose um, an opportunity to grow in our personality, to grow in character, to grow in integrity and to learn. I've learned so much on this journey towards restoration for myself. Yes. And just to get back again to the stages of betrayal. Sorry, I was losing, my, uh, losing track a little bit now. But um, these ladies often, uh, when they've experienced the deep pain and grief, it feels like they're losing their minds. It yanks them from a sense of security and propels a person towards an emotional freefall that doesn't seem to end. Some people experience PTSD, post-traumatic symptoms like loss of appetite, nightmares, difficulty to sleep, panic attacks, and autoimmune diseases.
2: So it seems like very, very traumatic and it must be very difficult for the partner of an addict. You were saying that the partners also need support and help. Uh, do you sometimes find that partners think they don't need help and that they don't need to look at their own behavior?
0: Yes. So I already touched a little bit on that in the previous, on the previous tangent that I'd gone on to. Yeah, but it's so true. They often feel that the, part, that the addict needs to deal with that and that they don't really need to do that. But in that, they deny their own pain, the trauma, and the ongoing way this will affect their relationship. Like we've already said, the recovery process is ongoing and the addict might slip again. The addiction also plays out in the sexual part of their relationship and the partner needs help or know, to know how to handle that. It's so embarrassing and to let others into such an intimate place of a relationship. But there are so many common factors that they can learn if they're in relationship with others in the same situation. It's also good to hear and experience that they're not alone. Mm. As hard as it is to be in recovery from betrayal trauma can lead to a beautiful growth in character like I've already mentioned. All of us have sinful behavior patterns and these play into the whole issue. It's crucial for Mm. partners to realize they can't control the addict, Mm. but they can control the way they behave. Mm -hmm. For the relationship to improve, they will need to focus on themselves and how to move into healthier behavior patterns. Mm. Um, for example, not watching the addict. I remember I was so good to read you and mm. your behavior um, and your facial expressions. So my whole focus was on you and, and, and to, to see whether you were watching porn or not watching porn. Mm. We cannot control other people. Control is an illusion. Only God is an ultimate control. And we need to put the addict into his care and step back and focus on ourselves and our own healing and our Mm. own journey. Mm. Ideally, the addict needs to go for counseling to a person who specializes in porn or sex addiction. Other counselors and therapists mean, well, but this is a specialized field like we've mentioned before. We've heard again and again that addicts are often only helped when they eventually get to a person who specializes in the field. They also need to be part of a group of men who are in recovery from porn addiction. There are many groups online, however, the partner cannot demand this, therefore, it's important for a partner to get support from a counselor that specializes in working with partners. Such a person would help and guide with specific guidelines as each person's journey is unique, even though there are many similarities. Tell us a bit about uh, online groups that are available, especially 12-step groups for um, for addicts. And then I will mention a little bit about the groups that are available for partners.
2: Mm. Yes, so definitely uh, the addict can go to many types of groups, but there's a specific group for, for sex addicts and they can have a look online for that. And these groups that they can go to is very important that they are 12-step groups. Uh, Twelve steps are a spiritual foundation of moving out of these addictions and out of the problem. And um, very important is that eventually we get to an intimate relationship with God, and from that intimate relationship, following the 12 steps, we go to serving others and helping others. come out of this problem
0: and the same for partners of addicts Mm. Uh, we will also put at um, um, the program when we have the podcast we will put links to these places that you can find help Um, and i think another program we need to go in much more detail on 12 steps and Mm. also celebrate recovery a christian based uh, 12 step program Mm. but that's all we have time for for today thank you so much for asking me and helping me to explore with the listeners about partners.
2: Mm. Yes, and um, even just from myself and on behalf of the sex addicts, uh, very sorry to our ladies for causing them such trauma. But remember, it never ends there. The story continues. And may it be a good ending to this very huge problem that we have. So listeners... If you have any further questions, please continue to send your questions to Frederick Suki at kpulpit.co.za. So there we are, and we we'll see you next week. Bye.
0: All for now. Bye bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.